Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast, where we cover all the steps and strategies to make your real estate dreams a reality. Now your hosts, Jason and Peely. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Real Estate Investing Foundation Podcast with Jason and Peely. You are stuck with Jason today because Peely is out there doing the things that are all real estate and family, but that's okay because we have an amazing guest who is going to make it all up for my discrepancies, delinquencies, whatever you want to call it. We have Matt Faircloth on the show today. Matt, welcome. Thank you, Jason. Such an honor to be here. Thank you. Awesome. So a little bit about Matt, and if that name, Faircloth, sounds familiar, it's because we had his awesome wife on earlier, Liz, to the show, giving us just a ton of incredible knowledge. But today, we're going to talk about Matt. And again, Matt is part of the DeRosa Group, which is a family-owned business in Trenton, New Jersey. They've been investing in residential and commercial property with the mission to transform lives through real estate. And of course, the founders are Matt and his wife, Liz, that started real estate investing in 2004 with the purchase of a duplex outside of Philly with a $30,000 private loan. So that is just a start, but I want to let Matt really tell us because that's the start, but a lot has happened over the last 12, 13 years now. So Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. Great to be here. So, so, um, so much happening. If people ask you, Matt, what do you do? What do you say? What do you do? That's such a great question. What do you do? Um, I don't know. I do a lot of things. It, it, I, we, if I had to like kind of shine up what I do real nice, I would say that I aid people that want to invest passively in real estate, put their money to work in things outside of Wall Street. Um, so that's what I really do. The vehicles that we produce for people. And again, this has evolved. I've been doing this full time for 13 years. So it's evolved a lot. And I've learned how to do a lot of these things. But what we do well now is we uh, work on fix and flips with uh, private investors' capital, either as just lenders or as equity partners on fix and flips. It's got to be a big deal to bring in an equity partner to where there's enough meat on the bone for everybody. We built three townhouses in Philly and had an equity partner on that. Um, we also sell turnkey investments to people that want to buy a rental property and just own it outright themselves or put their own loan on it or whatever they want to do, they can own the piece directly. And then we also do syndications where we will uh, buy an apartment complex. You and I were talking before the show about how we're purchasing a property in Kentucky. Um, we also own property in North Carolina, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. And we own the majority of those properties with investors that want to just own a piece of something like that and make passive income for themselves. So I just, I offer people passive income. That's what I do. And with that, I don't want to pass over. You said that great thing. I help others passively invest in real estate. Yeah. And I'm sure when you tell people that it always spawns the question of how, right? It always gives you another reason that, they, that starts the conversation for anybody raising money out there. Listen to how he put that because helping others is the first step to really growing your team. But with so much going on, how do you, how do you keep your focus? Uh, I, I have a really good focus on my goals and I visit my goals almost daily. Um, weekly I do a, a like about a 15 minute reminder session on my goals and, and about once a month, my wife and I do a deep dive check in on our goals. Um, and so on a, on a regular basis, uh, I, 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 I 
touch my goals because I think that for any business owner and for me in the beginning, it's very, I noticed that I, and I found the hard way that it's very easy to get distracted um, from what I want. And so I've been able to grow and build a, a pretty wide berth of, of, um, of activity by just focusing on what I want to get done and then honing in on that, putting the blinders on and, and assembling a team that can help me make help me re, uh, you know, achieve all the things that I want and then not really losing focus from that. That's incredible. And you're building out teams and specifically when you're building out a team for anybody that may be a one man show today, what was, if you can think about it, what was your first hire and, and what really helped you scale your business in, in a conservative or the right way? Well, I know we'll talk about the first hire in a second, but I want to also make sure the folks that are listening are say, when I say team member, I don't mean necessarily employee um, because we've had, I've had employees. We've had a thir- we had a 13 person uh, company at one point. Um, we're way lower than that now um, because it just, it didn't work out exactly the way that I wanted it to having a lot of employees running around. So when I say team member, I just really mean just someone who's aligned with my goals and is willing to, you know, march forward and be a part of the vision that we have to make those goals come to fruition. Um, so that could mean wholesalers, realtors, contractors, um, construction managers, property managers, um, bird dogs, you know, anybody that's willing to partner up with us or align with us on making our vision come true. And so I, I broadcast my goals when I talk to people um, and I see if there's an alignment and then we, uh, you know, see if we can marry up their goals with ours and move forward. And then, then they become a team member. Um, so and I, I would I think by that. with that, when people think of themselves as team members, it really helps everybody to grow, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And then, and then they know that I'm attached to their goals too. Uh, cause that's really what alignment and team, mem- team membership means is that, you know, we're going to, you know, maybe not get under the same umbrella. Maybe they can be under their company, me under mine. Um, but we have somebody who underwrites all of our deals and he gets ownership of our apartment buildings in exchange for that. Um, cause there's people out there that are real estate investors that they do the, they'll find the deal, underwrite the deal, negotiate the deal, raise the money for the deal and close the deal. Um, I want to be wider than that. And I want to offer more opportunities to invest with us than that. And so I give away more of those roles than maybe other people do to team members. And so I've got folks that help me find deals. They get equity for that. I get folks that help me underwrite the deals and and bake them out and, you know, make it all nice and shiny and make the numbers work and everything like that. And then hold the property managers accountable, asset management. I've got folks that do all those things as part of my team. Um, and it enables me to focus on what I'm great at, which is raising money. Um, and that, and that is amazing. But if I, maybe for someone out there is like, I would love to do that too. When you bring these people on, how are you setting them up for success? Um, it's a, it's a matter of understanding, uh, and, and I've done this the wrong way. So I set people up for success now by really getting clear on roles, goals, and compensation, who's doing what, what are you doing? What are my expectations of you? And then also simply by just having regular conversations. So I have, I touch every, just about every team member I have, I touch on Mondays. Uh, I have a fo- like Monday's my team member day. And so I have like conference calls all day Monday and I talk to all my team members for the turnkey business, for the fix and flip business, for the um, syndication operations on Monday. Um, All my property managers and I just have 
you know, conference calls or email communications to just set goals and talk about what we're going to do that week um, and everything like that. And it's not necessarily an accountability session because they don't, they don't like work for me. It's more of an alignment check-in to make sure that we're doing what we said we were going to do. And, you know, what are we, what do we propose that we're going to set as a goal this week? And did we meet our goal from last week? That kind of thing. So you're now investing in a, in a lot of different platforms. And we were just talking mm-hmm. about you're, you're investing in some of the markets uh, in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Why did you choose that market? And, and how did you find a property that, that you're going after? Well, uh, we like Kentucky in general as a state because of the job diversity that's available there. Um, we're in some other areas where they're kind of one horse, one job horde uh, areas. Um, and, uh, and I prefer to be in an area where if they're, you know, again, I'm not a doom and gloom guy. But if there is a change in the U.S. economy, maybe there is, maybe there won't be. I'm not even going to go there on what I think about it. But if there were to be, um, there would uh, most li- it would most likely occur in certain sectors, but not all of them, right? Um, and so I like investing in areas where there's a couple of different sectors. So in Kentucky, particularly where we are, we're investing in Lexington. Um, I also like where you guys are, which is in Louisville. Um, and, uh, and the, the other surrounding major metros that are in the area too, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, those areas. Um, but I chose it because there's not one specific industry driver that is driving all the economy there. Um, there's, you know, auto manufacturing, there's warehousing, like Amazon's got facilities out that way. Um, of all things, I, I bet you have tenants that work in this business as well, but the horse business is a major employer um, in that, in that, which is like a recreational entertainment type of thing. Um, but there's a lot of history and money behind it. Um, and you know, food manufacturing, I, I, in our research, we picked Kentucky because of a lot of the diversity of jobs to short answer your question. And then we started to network heavy in the cities we wanted to be in and met brokers and, um, and, and got connected to brokers that were offering deals in those, in those markets. And that's how we got on the mailing list. Being in New Jersey, you're, you're going after Kentucky. For someone who maybe is in a, a state where they don't feel that they can find the metrics that they're looking for, so maybe they're going to go to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. How, what, what's a good, I guess, step or a good way that they can start making connections with, with groups out there for, and have those brokers, property managers take them seriously? Um, that's the challenge because these guys get – I've talked a few of them straight up. I was like, listen, how many phone calls a week do you get? from people that are telling you they want to buy apartment buildings. Um, And they said 15 to 20 a week of phone calls from people soliciting saying, I want to buy apartment buildings. Um, Now I think that they're not stupid. They're going to put you on their mailing list. If you, if you, uh, if you do that, and that's the first thing you want to do is you want to get on their mailing list. But beyond that, what I think you want to do is then call them again in a couple of weeks to check in. Don't make that one phone call. Make a regular call to check, hey, do you have anything? Do you have anything? And then when they do have a real deal, evaluate it. Take it seriously. Don't just take a glance at, oh, that's overpriced. Because you know what? Everything's overpriced, first of all. Um, but don't, don't just immediately discount it if you don't like it. Look at it. Underwrite it. Put it in the oven and bake it and see if you can turn it into something. Call them and give them feedback. Ask them why they love the deal. You know, and, and engage in conversation and don't discount anything they send you. Um, and, and I think that that's how we've built long-term rapport with some of these guys because, um, you know, they're just trying to make it work as well. And if you take what they put out there seriously, they'll start to take you seriously as well. So 
I think every, a lot of people are making that first phone call, but making the second, third, and fourth phone call and also engaging in whatever the broker puts out there with, with a serious eye, I, I think will, will elevate you to the top of their list pretty quickly. And then you might get a whisper, what we call a whisper deal, meaning the broker might call you up and say, hey, listen, in a couple of weeks, I'm about to release this deal. Maybe you want to take an initial look at it and you get a jump on some stuff they have. That's when you know you're on the inside. That is an awesome tip yeah. advice because you, you, you're absolutely right. I'm sure of those 15 or 20 calls they get, they send out this deal to this 15 or 20 people and they probably hear back from one, two or three of them. Well, the deal that we, um, that we did in Kentucky, uh, the same bro, and you, I know you know that broker as well. Um, they told me that they had um, like 600 downloads of the, like they sent it out to, to 600 people. Um, you know, but of which they had something like 30 tours, you know, uh, for people that are even willing to look at it or even willing to. So there's all these people on the mailing list. But the problem is you kind of get in the noise um, of, of people that are just there that just that, that are just content feeling like you're on that broker's mailing list and you're waiting for that broker to send you a good deal. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. With all the different projects you've done, what's been your favorite deal or project to date? Oh man, there's so many. Um, a lot of the flip, a lot of the flips that we did. I know you guys do flips too, but a lot of the flips that we did have been phenomenal. Um, I love some of our apartment buildings. We own we own a factory conversion that's out in um, in Lexington or no in uh, in uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, in Lancaster County, PA. Um, so that's that's a cool deal. But honestly, my fix and flips have been just witnessing that transformation. Um, and maybe you guys get this out of it as well in looking at the existing property when you first walk in, right when you buy it or right from the sheriff's sale or whatever it is, looking at what's there and then painting that vision with your paintbrush and seeing what it is you want to create and then seeing it come to manifestation through your resources, through your people and seeing it come true. And then the, you know, the ups and downs, like the headaches and the tough, the difficult conversations and all of it, but then finally getting to the point where it's broom clean and it's done and it's ready for sale. Um, those have been really cool. Um, so I, I, so a lot of my fix and flips, just seeing that doing that final walkthrough and taking myself back to what it looked like before we got started, that really get that, that really gives me a lot of juice. You know, I know you relate to that, right? Uh, absolutely. Cause you, yeah. you know, I'm just, it, it Brought up a thought of one that we had uh, just in the yeah. town, and it was poor guy. It was a, it was a hoarder property. That's what it was just in disarray. It was the, the worst one to block. You couldn't. It would look like a safari on a really mm -hmm. you couldn't even people. You couldn't even see the house. And we tell people like, oh, I didn't even realize there was a house there. And we put it yeah, amazing. Turned out beautiful. Great family in it now. And just yeah, it brought that memory back of just what a transformation on that house. And a lot of it just just taking a machete and doing some landscaping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot of times you don't see beyond what's in, what's in front of your nose. And I think that being a real estate investor, you need to be able to have the foresight to see, well, if I got all this crap out of this property, all this hoarder crap and you know, three or four dumpsters would get, make all this go away because I've done hoarder houses too. And if I can see beyond the stuff and start just seeing the walls that are there and everything like that and okay, what happens? What's the floor plan look like if I open this up? And like you said, taking a machete to the landscaping, um, I mean, a coat of paint and a new kitchen and, a, and some new bathrooms do a world of good for property. Then you got to do the bones and the plumbing and the HVAC and all that kind of stuff too. But making properties really physically transformed, 
um, is easier than people think that it is if you can see beyond what's in, what's in front of your face. Yeah. And yeah. again, don't be scared by those houses. If you're listening, I, I, I missed that. We didn't have a bathroom on the first floor because there was so much stuff in there. And the guy had wires. He had one outlet working on the second floor and he was smoking those black cigarettes. I thought we were going to burn down the place. And I, the, the house was terracotta. And that was probably the only thing keeping us not being on fire. And I'm just sitting there like, okay, I probably have five minutes in here before we possibly could burn on fire. So let me just, every time I come here, I, I was like, I have a five minute time lapse. And I thought this closet was a bathroom and it actually wasn't. And, you know, probably thought about that. I probably would have maybe changed up what we did in the property. We did great in the property, but you can't be scared of what you don't know. Go in there and make it happen. And of course, don't be reckless, but you, you do have to take action in this business. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the worse it smells, the worse it looks, the more bugs that are in there, if it's got fleas and stuff like that. I mean, the, like the, the worse it is, the better deal you're going to get and the better transformation you're going to get. Um, and not to get up on a soapbox, but we as real estate investors have an opportunity to really make the world a better place in some ways because no one will live in the home in the condition that it's in. I mean, the people that are there are, for one or whatever happened to them or whatever things happen, hopefully they'll get into a better spot and get themselves moved out and into a healthier place to live. But nobody's going to buy it in that condition. But through the work that we do, we can make it a livable home for people to get in and make memories and create, you know, like build a family out of that house that what we, cre what we created. So I think that we, we really put the world back together in a lot of ways up from the real estate perspective, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So many different businesses, they're all, they're all related, but with, with everything that you're working on now, what is something within your business that you're working to improve today? Um, hmm. I think that, that just having more, um, I want to raise my game on investor relations um, because there are times where we'll get a call from somebody who wants to invest with us. Uh, and I've, I've got a, I know you guys have this already. I'd love to pick your brain maybe offline or whatever by getting a personal assistant because I don't have a personal assistant right now. Um, so somebody's listening and wants to be a personal assistant for an awesome real estate investment company at the DeRosa Group, we need one. Um, but, uh, but I need someone to help me with investor relations, to help me raise my game, to do cool stuff like sending investors birthday cards and um, like, you know, prioritizing our investors because there are times where someone who want, might want to invest with us might call up and say, hey, listen, I'm ready to go right now and I don't have a project to put them into. So how can I meet my investor's timeline and their, um, I, like their priority? Like they're, like to, how, can I be, how can I, if they want to get getting in, in, involved in a deal in the next 30 days, how can I help them make that happen? Um, and right now we're not set up to do that, but I want to create more efficiency in providing investments to people that want to, you know, get involved in a passive investment. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Just a few more questions. We appreciate your time. Sure. This is fun. We have a, a new investor who's listening to this. Maybe, maybe hasn't done a deal yet or sitting on the sideline waiting for some opportunity. What, what's an actual step that you can give today to, to help them get off the bench? Well, Okay. The first step is if they've not set their goals on where they want to be in year one, year three, year five, then do that. But do it first from a perspective of looking at your life as if it is year one, year two, year three, year, you know, year one, year three, year five. Talk to your spouse about it and paint that picture about what life looks like. This is where I'm at. And then transpose what kind of business you need to have in place to make that, to make that life that you want happen. That's the first step. If, you, if you've done that already, 
then uh, get really clear on what, on what year one needs to look like in your business to get you to year three and then year five. And then boil down your one, like take your one back to like, okay, let's break your one down into 12 months, you know? And then, I mean, I do a goal sheet for myself where each um, month I have laid out what I need to do that month to take me to my year goal. And in some, in some ways I have to pinch myself on what I've been able to get done in a year um, because I stay focused on, on what I want. And so I think the first thing a new investor should do is get really, really clear on what you want. And when you do that, it will dissolve a lot of the distractions. That's great. And I, I've had, I, I still have that shiny object syndrome. So remembering that, just get back to what you want. It's oh, me too. It's still, it's hard. And I still, I still have to give up shiny object syndrome on a daily basis. It's like being a recovering alcoholic. I've got to constantly, you know, like take it one day at a time, right? Because every day the shiny object comes up, you know, I've, I've got a guy coming at me with a self-storage deal. Like, oh, that sounds awesome. Hey, and the little voice in my head's like, hey, wait, you know nothing about self-storage and you've got people that want to invest in apartment buildings. You probably shouldn't do that. Like, oh, but it's really cool and it sounds interesting. And let's look at this medical office building over here. No, stay focused. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're on the same lingo, right? And that's yeah, no, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the voice are saying, no, no. <laughs> right, like, no, 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 no. Like, but wait, honey, they're about to legalize medical marijuana yeah, in New Jersey. Let's get in one of those businesses. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. You have a morning routine, and if so, what is it? I did, and then I got away from it. And I, I uh, but when I did have my morning, like let's just say when I did have my morning routine, it looked like this. I'll tell you what it did look like, and what I want to get back into. Maybe uh, I can get back into it as it in the new year. But um, I woke up early before I. I have young kids. You have young kids too. So I think it's imperative for those of you guys that are listening that have young kids. You got to get up before they do. You can if your kids are waking you up in the morning then you're not starting the day off right. Like you should be up before they do so that you can have some me time um, and, and that. So um, when I did, I was getting up at five because my kids get up at seven. And so I was getting up at five, meditating, reading through my goals, journaling for a few minutes, and then getting a quick workout in. And then by the time I got all that done, I, it'd be like, you know, 6.30 by that time. And then I'd have time to help my wife make the kids breakfast and then by the time the kids were up, you know, I was on, I was able to spend real quality eye to eye time, FaceTime with them while I wasn't like reading emails on my phone while my kids eating breakfast. I can really enjoy and be present with them for a little bit before I had to run off to the office and get the day going. Right. Um, but I found that now when the kids are waking me up, I'm in response mode to them and I'm making them breakfast. But while I'm they're eating, I'm now on my phone and I'm trying to visit a few things and plan out my day a little bit. Whereas I would have done that before, you know, when I was really on my morning routine. Does that make sense? That absolutely makes sense. You got young kids, so you know what I'm talking yeah, about. You know. I, I feel right now I'm in a pattern where they just, they, I can't get up early enough. I feel like it's like, you know, um, what is it, Billy Crystal, when it, what's that movie where he's like, you know, you start going to bed at five o'clock and then you're getting up at, you know, at 11 at night, just trying to be ready. And I'm, I'm constantly, like, the earlier I go to bed, the earlier I get up, they constantly are getting up earlier. So like, getting yeah. locked back in some way. Do you have, you have some words you live by? Um, yeah, I had a good, um, I, a friend of mine, we're talking over a beer, uh, a couple months ago and we were talking about the secrets to success. Um, and, and I just really hit me that the secrets to success from this conversation that I had with another successful entrepreneur, friend of mine, um, was, uh, you know, keep momentum, don't quit no matter what, 
you know, no matter what happens and I've had bad things happen that I could have easily quit this business or, you know, it's like, oh, okay, that's a good enough excuse. I'm out, you know, um, but not quitting no matter what. And then, um, the third thing is, uh, don't let your emotions get involved, you know? So I, and it's very easy. I just, this can be a very emotional business and I think it's okay to have emotions, but don't let them take over. Um, and that, so those three things are words that I really live by. Um, as best I can anyway, but it's really more the don't quit more than anything because it, it just keeps me going and knowing that this too shall pass. I'll get through it. I'll make it work. I'll push and, and I'll get, and I'll get to the finish line. So, well, thank you so much yeah. for that. Before we let you go, can you tell us about the book that is now out? Sure. Uh, the book's called raising private capital. I wrote it in partnership with biggerpockets.com. They are the publisher of it. It is uh, a great book that I'm very proud of. I put a lot of work and time into it. Um, and uh, it really just talks about, um, it, it speaks to brand new investors that want to get going by raising private money, um, but also seasoned investors that want to raise their game. Maybe if you've already done some private money deals with third-party investors, uh, but you want to do more and you want to scale up and 10x your 10x your business for private money. The book speaks to that as well because we've done a lot of different kind of private money transactions. Um, and I firmly believe that real estate investors can offer something completely unique to people that want to just make passive income uh, on, on their assets or on their money um, that, that aren't full time in real estate. That for people that want to make full time, that want to make an alternative income for themselves in real estate. Real estate investors offer that uh, for people that want to reach their wealth goals without Wall Street. And, you know, we offer something super unique. And the book really talks about how to have those offering conversations um, and how to enroll folks that are in your life right now that you know to work with you. This is not about how to get yourself a country club membership and go to an Ivy League school and rub elbows with, you know, the good old boys club to, to get investors. It has nothing to do with that. It, it tells people that the, the money that you need for your deals is directly in front of you and it shows you how to find it. And that is so powerful. So please yeah. check out the book because it's, when you start this, it's never comfortable, but it, it, when you figure it out that just like you said before, you're helping others passively invest in real estate and providing them opportunities that really transitions your mindset. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. So I hope people check it out. They can learn more about the book and about us at derosagroup.com, D-E-R-O-S-A-G-R-O-U-P.com, Derosa Group, and they can buy the book there too. So Matt, thank you so much at talking about your, your flipping, your turnkey investments, ground up construction, buying apartment complexes, about helping others passively invest in real estate and really growing out your team on all different formats. And it's not necessarily talking about employees, but at one point that you've now parlayed your business by bringing on team members to help you and assist you really just build out your platform. Uh, your big thing, secrets of success, keep momentum, don't quit. Don't be emo emotional and setting your goals because you can be really surprised what you can accomplish when you're really focused on what you do. So, so Matt, thank you so much for your time today. This has been amazing. We really appreciate it. You are welcome. Thank you for the opportunity to speak to your audience and you. It's been fun. Awesome. Everyone, thank you very much for listening. This is Jason and Peely with the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast. Thank you so much to Matt Faircloth. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye now. Thanks for tuning into the REI Foundation Podcast. Check back next time for more awesome tips and strategies to launch your new you in real estate.